Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Few things give me hope, Coop, uh, the way the Simone Biles uh, situation is being processed. Because... We've all seen in sports where someone has an injury and they go out and, hey, they're going to test it out before the game, see if they're game ready. It's a game time decision. We, you and I have heard that a thousand times. And now we're seeing that count for the holistic sense of health. There is no mental health versus physical health. It's all the same. And it is good to see that respected. I know some are saying this is weakness. She's a champion. She should go out and perform. You would not say that if she was walking with a bad limp. Hmm. You wouldn't say it. You would listen to her and say, hey, listen, you got to put the team first. Good for her. Good for her. And that's what we should say now. And I really believe with this, Osaka, Venus Williams, I don't like that I'm keying on women, even though women have a tendency to understand the intelligence of emotions and psychology more quickly and more easily than men. But there are a lot of men that suffer this way also, just like they had a bad organ or a bad joint. And this is the same thing. Hurt is hurt. Pain is pain. And it gives me hope. And I hope she competes and I hope she wins. But it's important to cover, especially the way you're doing it, Coop. As always, appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. All right, brother. I'm Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. Or else. That's where we are again. Months of pleading that we need to protect ourselves with the gift of a vaccine or else. You see, you're going to be told things have changed. And it's not true. And here's the argument. The variant will create cases at a rate we can't control if we don't take the vaccine. That's what they said. Or else, if you don't take the vaccine, if we don't do the right things, things may go back to being more restrictive. That's what they always said. Or else, the fall may not be what we want it to be. All this was said. All this was known. When they told us we didn't have to wear the mask anymore with the vaccine, it was because of the alpha variant. But they said, if not enough people get vaccinated, this virus will change. If you let the virus spread, you will have more variants and more trouble. So that's the loud part of this. That's what happened. The science hasn't changed. The CDC stance and all the experts that come on all these shows, they've all been saying this. If the variant The variants continue because this thing keeps spreading. Things might change. So when you hear, what happened to the science? They told us science says the vaccinated don't need to wear masks anymore. Yeah. Based on what? The alpha variant and how cases were trending and how people who were vaccinated were responding to it. As a function of the rate of people who were getting protected by taking the vaccine. But they always said, but, 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 but. We didn't want to hear it then, right? We just want to hear the good news. But this was always there. If people don't get the vaccine and the variant comes and it continues to spread, there will be more variants and things could change. And here we are. What a shame. Let the map tell the story of the problem. Basically, all of America 
is in the red right now. So the CDC has altered its guidance from 10 and a half weeks ago for the vaccinated to take their masks off. Now you got to put them back on indoors again in certain areas. Listen. Unlike the alpha variant that we had back in May, where we didn't believe that if you were vaccinated, you could transmit further. Um, this is different now with the Delta variant. And we're seeing now now that it's actually possible if you're a rare breakthrough infection that you can transmit further, which is the reason for the change. Now, you could say, see, they never knew. They never knew. See, see, they were telling us these things. This is why I'm not taking the vaccine. You see, they don't know. But that's stupid. Okay, because they can only go on the facts and the understandings that exist in reality. They knew that if people didn't get protected, the 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 virus would continue to vary itself. And that's what's happening. The shift in guidance doesn't mean the vaccines are a failure. It means that not enough of us are getting the shots quickly enough to keep this virus in check as we did in the beginning with that first big wave of people getting vaccinated. Remember, it was the left saying, Trump vaccine, forget that. I'm not taking that vaccine. This guy's a liar and a fraud. Yeah, he said it. My brother said it. A lot of people on the left said, I'm going to check with my doctors. I'm going to check with the experts. And they did. And the vaccine went out and it was given to millions. And we saw the facts and those feelings were replaced by the facts. Why isn't that happening now? We all want the virus to stop mutating. We all want to control it so we can burn our masks for good. That's why I take issue with people who seem to be soft selling the vaccine in this trade off with a misplaced sense of freedom. Let's not try to go back to the times of 2020 where we're talking about lockdowns and mandates and putting people and fining people and putting them in jail if they don't do exactly how we what we want them to do. I don't get the message. Look, I keep asking Dan Crenshaw to come on the show. He'd rather talk about me than to me. Uh, he says this. People say he's busy. He's on the camera more than I am, this guy. Um, but w- what is the virtue of that message? Don't punish people for not doing it. Don't come after them. They have the right not to take it. Let's not go back to 2020. What do you think is going to happen if every time you talk about the vaccine, you put in a qualification that they don't have to take it? Just because you have the right not to take the vaccine doesn't mean it is right for you not to do so. Of course, you are free not to take it. But should you take it? Why isn't he as vehement on that side of it? He's got the facts. He's a smart guy. And what about the people you put at risk if you exercise your freedom not to take it? Like kids, maybe your kids, and those who are immune compromised and can't take the virus or who are elderly and infirm. What about their freedom? What about the interplay of your choice and their choice? Why not discuss that? We are the land of the free because of the home of the brave. Why leave that part out? We are the land of the free because we are the home of the brave. Why not push the bravery? Why not push the case for taking the vaccine as much as saying you have the right not to? Think about it. If you want someone to lose weight, do you balance saying, hey, listen, you should diet, but you have the right to eat cake and nothing but cake. Do you tell a smoker you should quit, but you have the right to smoke yourself to black lung death? No, why? Because they know they have freedom or not freedom. And you're not looking to balance the good with the bad, right? 
You're not looking to balance safety with a misplaced sense of self-determination. Of course you can, but should you? And isn't that a leader's place to talk about where the exigencies lie? And the answer on the vaccine, and Crenshaw knows this, Cruz knows this, they all know this, is that in almost all cases that a doctor should consider, the answer is you should get the vaccine. So why doesn't a Crenshaw or a Cruz, now why do I talk about them? I talk about them because they matter. And I don't want to hear your hate about Crenshaw. Crenshaw, listen, the guy represented this country. He lost his eye in service. When people joked about that, I said it was wrong. There's certain lines we just can't cross. And I want him to come on and make the case. I don't want to play some tit for tat with him on Instagram or Twitter. This is real. This matters. Come on the big stage. You have the invitation. You should take it. That's leadership. Because look, it's a legitimate question. You know how hard we had to dig to find out when Cruz or Crenshaw specifically, when they got vaccinated, they don't talk about that that much. Why? Why don't they talk about their decision to get vaccinated as much as they talk about how people have the freedom not to do so and how this is government trying to control you and that we shouldn't punish people for not taking it? Why emphasize that? I want you to come on and make your case, my brothers. We are in a bad place. And we need to talk about why we're here as a way of finding a way out of it. Because, look, I don't think it's a coincidence that some of those who are soft selling the vaccine are also among those ignoring January 6th or trying to minimize it. And those who are quiet about the election fraud farce that's going on in their party. Advantage is being found in division. And that's the common thread with all of those, isn't it? Opposition is a legitimate position these days for the out party. It's one of the big problems with the binary system. It's too easy to do us and them. And right now, that posture is making us sick again. Now, is masking up the right move at the right time? It's an open question. And we will test the president's chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, tonight as the country tries to deal with what many see as a step back. The guidance comes on a day of another big reveal and another major fallout from our manufactured division. Did you watch this today? The beginning of the January 6th commission. I don't know how anyone who heard these four police heroes talk about how they viciously came under attack by a Trump mob. I don't know how they can listen to a Senator Ron Johnson or these others on the fringe and see them as anything but liars. When they call this patriots and tourists, unarmed, you know, just a few, just loving their country. You know who doesn't respect that? The officers who took the heat. One took direct aim at what he calls an assault on history. What makes the struggle harder and more painful is to know so many of my fellow citizens, including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Is he wrong? We're all the amens from the Blue Lives Matter crowd now. Did you know that McCarthy and McConnell didn't watch? They say they're too busy. And they wonder while they're called Trumpers. Too busy doing what? You said you were going to do nothing 
with this administration, that your position was opposition. So what are you doing? Why not hear from the men that you say you always support? Right? We've created a whole new flag now, right? You see the American flag in all black with just the blue stripe? I thought we had one flag. And the colors are red, white, and blue. So if you're going to put that much emphasis that you're going to change our national symbol to show respect for it, why aren't you respecting it now? And yet, in all the division, and all the darkness, I see hope where it matters most, which is on the pandemic. And here's why. It is not too late. If people get vaccinated, our fall can be saved. School, work, okay? The variant spreads. This Delta variant spreads really quickly. But what have we learned in other countries that you haven't heard enough about? It peaks quickly as well when the right measures are taken. So we can still get there. Now, will we? Another cause for hope. Many Trumpers with platforms are finally getting on board to stress the importance of getting what they're calling the Trump vaccine. Hey, man, don't hate. The former president pushed Operation Warp Speed. The fruit of it was the vaccine. I'm fine with it being called the Trump vaccine. Call it whatever you want. And listen, they should all make this suggestion. If you support the former president, if you support Trump, how can you not take the vaccine? I welcome any of them to come on and make that call to their own. Let's bring in a much better mind to understand this new advisory and whether it makes sense. White House Chief Medical Advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Doctor, thank you for being with us on an important night. Good to be with you. Thank you for having me, Chris. First, give us the nuts and bolts of the new guidance. Okay, what the new guidance says, based on a really change in the science, namely, we have a different virus we're dealing with, as you correctly said. Six months, I mean, 60 days ago, a little bit more than two months ago, when the CDC said with the alpha variant, if you had a breakthrough infection, the level of virus in the nasopharynx was clearly lower than if you were infected and had been unvaccinated. And so the danger of spreading was extremely low and maybe even non-existent. What's happened now with the Delta variant, you have a virus that spreads much more efficiently from person to person. And importantly, when people who are vaccinated in the unusual or rare event, when they wind up getting infected and have a breakthrough infection, which is natural when you don't have a 100% effective vaccine, when those people who were vaccinated got infected, when they were even asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, the level of virus in their nasopharynx is extremely high. And it has been well documented that they can and do transmit the infection to uninfected people. So with that change in the landscape there, the landscape of what the virus can do, the recommendation from the CDC that they announced today is that when you are indoors in an indoor environment in an area of the country, that has a substantial or high level of community spread, you need to wear a mask. Whether or not you are vaccinated, you have to wear a mask, even if you are vaccinated. Quick follow, then two challenges. The follow is, well, then what does it matter if people get vaccinated? If everybody is vulnerable to this Delta variant, then why not? uh, Why should people get vaccinated at all? Well, there's a really, really good reason to get vaccinated, Chris, and that is to save your life to prevent you from being hospitalized, prevent you from dying. Because the one thing that is clearly works very well with this vaccine is that even with the Delta variant, it prevents you, if you do get infected, 
from getting severe disease enough to put you in the hospital. It protects you against infection pretty well, but what it does even better is to prevent you from getting serious disease. So when you get vaccinated, you don't get vaccinated just because you don't want to wear a mask. You get vaccinated because you want to save your life. Your own health is the reason. The fact that you want to now wear a mask because we have a situation where if you do get infected, you might spread it to somebody else. You know, that's almost the secondary issue. The primary issue of getting vaccinated is to save your own life and prevent you from getting seriously ill. The political pushback. Ah, you said you knew. You said it was science, and now you're changing it. You didn't know then, or you don't know now. No. We're not changing the science. You know what changed, Chris? The virus changed. And the science evolved with the changing virus. We were dealing with the alpha virus back a few months ago. As I told you, it was a virus that if a person had a breakthrough infection, very, very unlikely that that person would transmit it. That's changed. Now, the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an infected person with Delta is a thousand times of what it was with the alpha, which means it really has the capability and in fact, in the real world is doing it, it can transmit. So nothing changed about the science. It was the virus that changed. We're dealing with fundamentally a different virus. The breakthrough data, let's talk about it. Uh, An Italian study just came out that uh, less than one and a half percent of deaths involve people who are fully vaccinated. Um, What do you know in this country about breakthrough infections, severity, lethality? Same thing. In this country, if you look at over the last several months, going back with Delta, beyond Delta and before Delta, 99.5% of the deaths in the United States are among unvaccinated people and 0.5% are among vaccinated people. Boy, if there ever was a statistic that would stimulate someone to get vaccinated, I think this one is it. So what about the, the suggestion? So then don't mess with us, the vaccinated, um, and put mask restrictions on us. Go after the unvaccinated. Make it easier for them to get it. Uh, push private businesses. Do, deal with them. Don't deal with us. We did the right thing. Deal with the people yeah. who didn't do the right, right. thing. But you just use the word, Chris, don't go after us. Nobody's going after the vaccinated people. What the CDC is saying, that given the small chance that you could get infected and transmit that infection to someone else, wear a mask prudently when you're indoors in a high volume area for infection. And there's a good reason for that, because what you don't want to do is then inadvertently and innocently perhaps infect someone else. That could be a family member. That could be someone who has an underlying condition that makes them very vulnerable, such as someone who's immunosuppressed. So it goes beyond you. It's protecting other people, particularly the loved ones around you. How long? What is this? You know, like, how long is it going to be like this? What does it mean for indoor dining? What does it mean for my kids going back to school in the fall? You know how hard it's going to be to have masks on kids. Um, you know, you know what I mean? They're not going to wear the mask. They're going to get yelled at for not having the mask. They're going to get sent home. Families are going to get upset. What are we looking at here? Well, what we are looking at in the immediate future now, as we approach the fall and the children, the main thing we want to do, and the CDC makes this very clear, is to get the children back to school in person, in the class by the fall. 
And the way to do that safely now with the modification of the recommendations is to get everyone in the school wearing a mask right now because of the situation we're under with the high degree of viral dynamics. You know, Chris, one thing going a step further, that all of this could be avoided if we get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated. We have 100 million people in this country who are eligible to be vaccinated who have not gotten vaccinated. If you want to end all of this, this back and forth, let's get the overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated and all of this will go away because the virus won't have any room to change, to mutate, to become a different variant. That's a very important point. So we still have a chance. If you get vaccinated, uh, which could happen in the next few weeks. I mean, there's plenty of vaccine. There's plenty of access. It's not equal everywhere in the country. Certainly there are minority populations, impoverished populations that don't have the same access, but it's been getting better over time. We can still have a better fall than the one we're facing right now. Dr. Anthony Fauci, appreciate you on an important night coming on to tell us what it is and tell us why. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right. Be well. Stay safe. All right. So now, look, one, I'm asking questions. It's a little bit Socratic, right? Why? Because that is the resistance out there. Of course, I don't have the resistance. All I do is talk to experts all the time. I don't know about anything as much as I know about COVID. So, but you have to deal with people where they are and people aren't going to like these changes and they're not going to understand them and they're going to think they're punitive. And that's why we have to ask the questions. So now, what other questions have to be asked? Well, what's the fallout from what we heard from the officers today at the Capitol? What does it matter? Now that they said what should be believed, what's next? What is the value of what can come out of this commission? What do you say about that? Let's get after it with one of the select committee members, Congressman Jamie Raskin. Simple question. Is this worth it and why? Next. Objectively, fairly, I don't think you could watch the testimony today and say, man, I don't believe it. The four officers are telling the truth. They selflessly put their lives on the line to defend democracy on January 6th, period. Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin is on the January 6th Select Committee. He joins us now. Now, I do believe that there will be people, because Fox aired this, um, who haven't seen a lot of the footage, who haven't really been exposed to the reality that the rest of us have seen with wide eyes uh, since it happened. But beyond that exposure, what is your hope for what this commission can bring? Oh, good to be with you, Chris. Um, look, we were charged with defining the character of the threat that we faced on January 6th and who organized it, who mobilized it, who paid for it, How did they uh, go about executing their plan and why did they do it? And so we're going to do a complete authoritative report on that. But then the next step is how do we prepare to deter this in the future? Because I don't think there's anybody. Let me see if Jamie comes back. Uh, uh, Congressman Raskin. We lose him. Can you get him back or no? These are my favorite moments on television. Just me and listening to the voices in my head. What I'm about to ask the congressman, if I can get him back, is how do you get the buy-in from the other side, right? Um, Well, how do we plan? How do we make this different going forward? Well, what can you make different if you have the other side seeing this as an affront 
It's Pelosi's committee. She's to blame. It's not bipartisan. How are you going to get buy-in? Let's take a break. Let's see if we can get the congressman back and get an answer. All right, we have uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin back. Uh, the question is, how do you make any change when you have no buy-in from the other side? This is Pelosi's fault. It's Pelosi's commission. It's not bipartisan. It's a hack job. They won't accept the findings. How do you get progress? How do you get buy-in? Well, the remarkable thing here is that um, the committee actually can work now because we've got an effective bipartisan group that is focused like a laser beam on getting at the truth. Um, and so that's been the ironic effect of uh, the Jim Jordan people trying to destroy um, what we're doing. They did sandbag and filibuster the independent 9-11 style commission with five Republicans, five Democrats, equal subpoena power. They got rid of that. But then Pelosi said, well, we mean business. We're going to do a select committee and we're not going to let you turn this into a, a partisan food fight. And because of that, I think the country saw how members of Congress across the aisle can actually work together to get somewhere. So I, I'm very optimistic about our ability to determine what the interlocking networks were of these domestic violent extremist groups, then how they interacted with the Trump White House and other political operators like uh, Rudy Giuliani and Roger Stone, who paid for the whole operation, and then to what extent all of us are still under threat, what changes do we need to make to our security processes so this doesn't happen again? Because obviously we were not ready for a violent insurrection uh, ginned up by a major political figure with a lot of money and power behind it. You know, I, I've been watching the media coverage of this, and of course, it's no surprise uh, that there's intense interest about who you're going to subpoena, right? That's the gotcha nature. That's the combative nature. Who are they going to go after? Are they going to try and get Trump? I, I, I really, I don't really care about that. You're going to subpoena who you subpoena. You're going to try and get everybody. But what about getting the tapes of the conversation between former President Trump and uh, House Minority Leader McCarthy? If he was in the White House during that phone call, shouldn't there be at least a transcript of it? And then that removes the need for testimony. Well, the, my colleague, Representative Cheney, kicked off um, her part of the hearing by basically saying that's exactly what she wanted to go for. She wanted to get a minute by minute description of uh, the president's actions and the president's conversations during that. But day. should but that also, phone call be recorded, Congressman? But I don't know the answer to that, but that's certainly something that's subject to discovery so we can figure it out. Because I um, thought they recorded so, all the phone calls in them. Every time you're going to talk to a president, they always say to you, remember, it's being recorded. So I, I wonder yes. how much discretion there is. Yeah, I mean, you know, there were a lot of different cell phones and so on being used, but I think the presumption should be just what you're saying. And everybody owes this commission their honest testimony. We are the sovereign here. We've got the power to subpoena people's testimony, to subpoena people's records and their telephone conversations. And we want to get at the truth. This is not a game. And so much of justice during the Trump period was a game, just like cat and mouse, like hide and go seek. That's not what justice is about. And so we want to get to the bottom of this so we can deliver a report to the American people that's totally authoritative and comprehensive and explains to the American people how we're going to preserve our democracy going in the future. And this was the one thing that blew my mind the most about the hearing today. And officers were, of course, just dazzling and extraordinary in their courage and their valor. But they were really focused on this question at the very end that the chairman asked them, you know, what should we do? And they were very focused on this question of, does this go all the way to the top? 
who was organizing all of this, because none of them felt that this was some kind of spontaneous, you know, eruption like a bar fight or something like that. They felt that they were under a military-style attack. And if you look at what happened that day, that's what it was. Mm. I hope that just in the interest of just keeping down the flames, I think you guys should call uh, Speaker Pelosi and let people see that she comes willingly and wants to talk about this because they're not going to get that on their side. I promise you that. Congressman Jamie Raskin, thank you very much. Good luck with your work. The country deserves the truth. Thank you so much, Chris. Great to be with you. All right, be well. All right, let's turn to a Republican who voted against certifying President Biden's victory. Did he watch today? What would get the congressman's party to get on board with the investigation? We'll have a conversation next. Got two big problems of both about the truth, if you think about it. Now is the time to push the vaccine more than ever. If we do it, we're going to save our fall. If we don't, we know what's going to happen. Masks are just the beginning. January 6th, do we want to know the truth or not? Now, we had that big opening today with the powerful testimony of the police officers. How many GOP lawmakers watched and listened? Not McConnell, not McCarthy. They said they were too busy, even though they said that their whole position is to do nothing. But even if they did, this has been the response that we're hearing from people on that side of the aisle. Listen to Senator Ron Johnson. So you think that some of the protesters were actually had good intentions on that day? Is that what you I, I think some of those protectors tried, pro, pro, protesters, protesters tried to protect that police officer. I think yeah. that ought to be noted. But do you think that, you know, you, your life there were, might... There were, there were tens of thousands of people that day that engaged in peaceful protests. There were a few hundred that uh, committed acts of violence. Those are the people I condemn. Those are the people... Do you think your life was saved, though, by these police officers and yes, their heroic I, I condemn, condemn them for it. We know it was a dangerous day, and yet he wants nothing to do with talking about it, thinking about it. He believes it's being exaggerated. How contagious is that within the party? Let's get perspective from Republican Congressman and Dr. Scott Desjardins. It's good to have you, sir. Good to be here, Chris. Were you able to watch uh, the January 6th proceedings? I was able to see as much as I could. I I was on armed services, and we had some uh, work to do there, but I tried to catch that in some of the highlights. Uh, what does it mean to you that those officers went before the body and said that not only did they feel threatened then, but they feel threatened now, that they're being disrespected out of some kind of political maelstrom? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been here now in my 11th year and have nothing but respect for the Capitol Police. I appreciate what they tried to do. And I mean, obviously, from the testimony today, it was very emotional and compelling. And, uh, you know, I, I feel for them. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the rules of engagement were that day. I don't know what the breakdown in leadership was that allowed the Capitol be be breached by a couple hundred of unarmed citizens. But we need to get to the bottom of that so it doesn't happen again. Why do you say unarmed when they were beating officers and using the officers weapons and using flagpoles and other sticks? That doesn't count as being armed. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're attacking someone with that, that, that is being armed and the officers should have been able to defend themselves. That's why I don't know. You know, we had uh, a 13-year uh, veteran shot outside the House chambers who was unarmed. And yet, uh, you know, we don't really know the full story there. Maybe that'll come out in the commission. But if that happened on the streets of Baltimore or whatnot, we'd get more information. So I hope that comes out as well. Well, in terms of why they couldn't defend themselves, how do you think you'd do against 10 men holding sticks that we're all attacking you at the same time. Well, if I had a gun, I'd probably do pretty well. You know, a lot of these uh, folks were armed so with you rifles, shot them. and I'm sure they didn't want to open fire on civilians. There was 40,000 people in town 
or more uh, to protest. Unfortunately, it turned into a riot and, and turned into uh, what we saw at the Capitol. I was here looking out the window that day. It was awful. Uh, you know, January 6th is supposed to be a day where we look at the election. I mean, it's ironic that Benny uh, Thompson, the chairman of this commission, was uh, one of the ones protesting in 2005 against Ohio, doing the same thing that a lot of us were doing. As we know, the rules were changed because of COVID. There was 150 million uh, people voted in this election, and there's a lot of people that don't have faith in the electoral process, and we never really got to finish what we started that day because of this unfortunate event. And you know, I condemn the people that did that. Uh, President Trump condemned the people that did that, and he said they don't represent his America, and they should be prosecuted, and I agree. Well, when we talk about how we got there, it didn't help that people like you didn't want to certify the results of the election without any proof of the same, right? And that the president well, was pushing- Thompson didn't want to approve the election in 2005, and he's leading this commission. Every, every Republican president in this century was questioned and challenged by Democrats the same way we did on January 6th. Do you so, remember, hold I, on a I second. I don't remember House Democrats- being held to a different standard. I don't rem well, here's why, because you did something different. I don't remember House Democrats standing up and saying we refuse to certify this presidential election. Remind me when that happened. Well, I, I don't know that we stood up and refused to certify the election. We wanted to look at the constitutionality of the voting process in several states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, and uh, It had Arizona. all been looked at by they, members they of your own party. The election being a landslide, but there was 150 million people voted. If you take Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, those three states were decided by 42,000 votes. That's a mere fraction, so you don't have to have widespread uh, fraud to change the outcome. We wanted to look at the constitutionality mm -hmm. because ballots were being cured. There wasn't the appropriate transparency. Atlanta cleared the voting facility because of a water main break that turned out to be a urinal overflow. And so there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, questions that we have not had answered. And I know your network and other networks have talked about no widespread fraud, but uh, I don't know that those questions have been fully answered. Well, but, and so, you know, let, there's let's, a lot let's of people leave out it. there that don't have let, let's the election, and obviously some of the people objecting to the election. Let, let's leave uh, it like when this. It was Republican the, presidents didn't the, have faith in the process. There's a fun, well, of course they're not going to have faith in the process, Congressman, when you keep telling them that there was fraud and that there's no proof ever presented. And you say, well, those questions no, aren't fraud. answers. You, you had each of those states. Fraud. You say there's no widespread fraud, but we can all admit there was fraud. We have uh, evidence of people who voted that weren't on the rolls or more people. Congressman, that, that happens so in every election. When it happened in 2018, you guys called it sore loser. You had Wisconsin, you had Arizona, you had Georgia, you had Pennsylvania, you had Republicans all over the place. They certified their own results. And then you tried to decertify the election. So it wasn't just in good Chris, faith in first instance. The last four years talking about a Russia hoax, we had a Democratic Party that impeached the president twice, once when he wasn't even still in office. And you're going to talk about us not accepting the outcome. I think it was Representative Schiff today that said if this is going to be the new normal, that a party's not going to accept the outcome of an election because the other party won, God help us. Well, I mean, he led the charge about impeaching the president and knew that he had facts on Russia. And as, as you know, and we all know now that that wasn't true, but your network was leading the charge on, uh, on, on that hoax. Trump, first of all, it's not a hoax. Russia interfered with the election. Members of the Trump campaign took stupid meetings and asked for help that they shouldn't have done. That is the definition of collusion. Was it criminal conspiracy? No. If you watched my show, you'd know I'd been saying all along, you will never get a criminal charge on President Trump. They won't allow it at the DOJ. The facts won't support it. And I was right. But let's now move to yeah, where no, no, you're not. Let, and I watch your show and I watch Fox. And I'm Rick, right. I blame the media for a lot of the divisiveness in this country because it depends.
depends on which channel you watch, you're going to get a different spin. I, I accidentally watched a channel the other night my wife Amy put on. It was uh, uh, News Nation. And I watched it for 15 minutes, and they told stories, the border and Pelosi. I couldn't tell uh, which channel it was. I asked her. She didn't know, and I had to look up. And it's so refreshing to hear a news channel that doesn't bias uh, the, the viewers one way or another. And we need more of that if we're going to move forward as a country, because what we had the last four years doesn't work. What we're doing now doesn't work. Pelosi kicking Republican members off this commission because she was afraid to answer tough questions. She offered you fair, guys an equal split. Hearing. And we didn't and get to kick two of their members off a jury. The prosecutor and the defender gets. This to is not a jury. Witnesses. It's not case, a jury. We, I mean, Pelosi you're, is running basically a you're a doctor. Court. You're not a lawyer. The rules yes. aren't the same. Here's what I'm saying. If you don't think conversation like this is constructive, I don't know how to help you. I'm giving you the platform. No, I, I'm, I'm asking you the questions. I'm pushing I back when I can. Well, let me get a question in there before I let you go. Um, okay. You just heard Fauci say there is a window. If people get vaccinated now, yes, you're going to have these mask mandates put in place, these recommendations, whatever they want to call them. We know people are going to follow them on the local level. Um, that we can still get out of this. Do you believe now is the time for people on both sides of the aisle, but obviously you speak for your side of the aisle, to push getting vaccinated, that it's safe and not offsetting it by saying, but of course it's your freedom not to get it. Doctors don't say that to you. They say, get the vaccine well, or don't get the this. vaccine. Me, they don't say, doctor, but you don't have to. That's what I would tell my patients. What would you tell them? Uh, 90 99.5% of the people who died were over 30. If you go up to 40 and 50, it's still 95%. So the older you get, the higher your risk. If you're over 50 and you haven't been vaccinated, get vaccinated. Kids under 20, less than a fraction of a tenth percent have died of COVID, not much higher than the flu. We don't know the full effects of the uh, side effects in kids. I've got a 14-year-old daughter. I don't know if you have kids or not. I'm a little leery uh, because of the cardiomyopathy, the Guillain-Barre, uh, the blood clots. And so I don't know if the, if the uh, treatment is worse than the cure in this case. So uh, for the kids, you know, I don't know yet. As a parent, uh, the jury's still out. My wife's a registered nurse. And you see a lot of healthcare people are skeptical. But if you're uh, 30, 40, 50 or older, if you're older than 50 and got the vaccine, you're, you're you know, playing with fire. You need to get vaccinated. Doctor, I appreciate it. But you should you. listen to your doctor because pre-existing conditions are where, you know, most of these people who died uh, did pass on. They had other comorbidities. And your doctor knows that better than you do. Uh, I can tell my patients that Dr. Fauci is, you know, kind of an administrator now. Tell, tell people to talk to their doctor. Don't listen to Democrats or Republicans or newscasters. Well, listen, it's always good, uh, good advice to listen to your doctor about these things. And the rest of us should be trying to give them the right information. And I think you were basically doing that tonight. So, doctor, thank you. And you're always welcome here to talk uh, about what matters on this network. OK, Congressman Thanks, Scott Desjardins, be well and we'll be right back. I'm telling you, I have hope. Even Desjardins. He's not right about the January 6th commission or about how the politics played out about the election. But even he is saying, hey, the older you get, you better get that vaccine. So that's the right message on the right issue at the right time because COVID is surging, especially Missouri. St. Louis has reinstated an indoor mask mandate, but Missouri's attorney general is suing to stop it. The mayor of Wildwood, part of St. Louis County, is vowing not to enforce the mandate. Let's just talk about that with Mayor Jim Bolin. It's good to have you, Mr. Mayor. Um, so Thank look, you, Chris. Good to be here. I don't have to tell you the problem. You know it. You also have cases surging between younger adults, 20 to 29. Um, what is your thinking about why you don't want masks? Well, you know, to put it in context, Chris, uh, I, I, cases have increased 
in St. Louis County, but uh, you know, I just ran the numbers from the county today. Uh, and to give you an example, uh, July the 1st, the number of new COVID uh, infections was 97. Yesterday, that had risen by 40 to 137. And each of these cases is tragic. There's no question about that. But to put it in context, that's an increase of 40 out of a population of St. Louis County of just under 1 million. And the hospitalization rates, the death rates have, have remained the same over the last month. So to answer your question, uh, my issue with the mandate is, is really twofold. Uh, first, uh, statistically, uh, if you look at the data of, of neighboring counties uh, in Missouri uh, that abut St. Louis County, particularly St. Charles County, uh, that had virtually no uh, mandate of any type, that in the case of St. Charles County, none, uh, their infection rate is at this point virtually tied with St. Louis County's, and yet we had all of the many restrictions. And and then secondly is, is really, I guess, a practical point. Uh, I, I don't think that a mask mandate can practically be enforced. I don't, know, I don't think we have enough police to do that on businesses and all the individuals. So in essence, I think it's effectively a volunteer system as it is. So are and you so going to push if, the if vaccination rate, uh, you know, work the messaging on that level? I'll give you the last word on that because, you know, Missouri is one of the highest infection and hospitalization rates in the U.S. That's about the vaccine rate uh, being low, only 43 percent in St. Louis County. Are you going to push that? Last word to you. So I am I am a supportive of, of the vaccine. As your speaker that you just had indicated, there, there are many variables that go into that. And that is a decision that I think should be left to the individual and their physician. Mm. But uh, personally, am I in support of, of, of recommending that to people? Absolutely. Uh, in the city of Wildwood, we had a pop-up event just a few weeks ago to get people vaccinated. It was very successful. So the short answer, Chris, is yes. Mayor, we'll stay on the story there. You're welcome back here to talk about how it progresses and good luck. Thank you so much. All right. God bless and be well. We'll be back. You too. Don Lemon tonight with the big star D. Lemon right now. Tony Fauci said it on our air, Don. If say? you get vaccinated now, 100 million Americans are not vaccinated. If they are, the mask won't be around that long. The Delta variant won't win. The fall will be what we want it to be. It is all on us, and the time is now. And now you're talking about actually real freedom and real liberty, because then people don't have to walk around with the masks on. Uh, we have the freedom of being with our loved ones safely. We have young people who can be free because not all of them can be vaccinated, free from COVID, free from getting ill. So the message is right, I think, from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Yeah. As you said last night, you have the right to to not get it. But is it the right thing? I think that's a perfect question. And look, we're the land of the free. Why? Because we're the home of the brave. Because we're the home and of the brave. And I don't know that it's brave leadership to say to people, you know, you don't have to get this. You know, I, I think it's safe. I'm probably not going to tell you that much that I got it. Uh, but, yeah. you know, you don't have to take it. I don't think that's brave leadership, and I don't think it's what we need right now. And I think it also carried into where you were today, which is that January 6th commission. The idea yeah. that people are going to hear those officers, but McCarthy and McConnell don't deem it worth their time, or people are going to write it off as a Pelosi problem or partisan, we're not yeah. where we need to be. Yeah, I was trying to adjust the volume. You were blaring in my ear. Listen, our, like time, is, our time isn't uh, long because I'm just going to show you who I have sitting here, and I want to get to him. Can we just put him up right here? Please. 
um, there he is. I need to talk to this man. You he do. He did a great today. job today. He did a great uh, job. I thought yeah. that he really conveyed a lot of passion and sense of purpose. Yeah. That's Officer Michael Fanon testified today. Chris, I'll see you. Love you. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Thank you, sir. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.